You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Oh, welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And excited, you know, as far as, you know, these these bear market days of uh, NFT and crypto, you know, I always like to look, not only do I always sort of like figure out like the glasses half full type mentality, but I, I'm a big fan of kind of cutting through the noise in the sense of like, what are the things that I can learn, study, um, embrace that maybe without this like little break or this pause or this massive disruption um, that might afford me some opportunities? And so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. I'm also going to tap into some of the NFTs um, that we've bought over the last uh, couple of weeks because I actually think it's you know makes this a very interesting uh, conversation because part of it is. Like, what do you do in a in a down market? And and really, like, I know um, a lot of projects that have decided to pause their mint or decided not to mint on the certain dates that they originally um, said they were because uh, of the market being kind of chaotic and uh, and people kind of being all up in arms. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to kind of tap into a couple of things first. You know, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Solana. Um, I will address, you know, in yesterday's episode, I, I talked a little bit about um, the Azuki um, news and what had happened was the the founder of uh, Azuki kind of uh, exposed in his own blog post uh, about uh, a couple projects that he was involved in um, that ended up either being rug pulls or just delayed uh, projects where, you know, and this was the this was a lot of the case last year where people would launch a project um, have lots of hype around it and then kind of give up on it uh, after like a month and take the ETH and run, right? And um, the fact that he kind of exposed, you know, that that like to him was like a learning curve um, really set a bunch of people off. And I would say rightfully so in a way, um, because let's face it, that that was it's not only bad for the market, but um, let's face it, the, the other part of this is that, you know, he, the person is doxxed. Uh, there was a lot of drama around just those projects and people back then. And, you know, there is an element of, for me, like, you know, cancel culture shouldn't be what we look at, but we should also kind of address things from the standpoint of, you know, seeing through the noise. I remember when uh, Azuki's launched, um, I was confused. I remember Mint Day. Uh, and actually, I believe if I probably could go back and look at Twitter, I think I was actually um, I, I had ETH and, and when I saw kind of the buzz around it, I was like, you know what? I might jump in on this. And, and then I did some of my research on the project and I was like, man, like I, you know, first off, I'm not a huge anime art person to begin with. I won't, I won't like, uh, <laughs> I won't like try to lie and say like, Oh, I understand anime art. But, um, you know, there was part of me that was like, okay, 
I'm not sure where like that hype is coming from. And then I was just looking through like their community. I remember even on the hashtag when it was kind of um, pumping out, like it just seemed very hype heavy. It seemed like, uh, you know, and I like one of my red flags is when it seems very good old boy club uh, like. Uh, and what I mean by that is when it seems like there's like a click of people that are just kind of pumping uh, a project in the bag and like everything around that project that usually gets me a little bit like, you know, what am, what am I missing here? And, you know, as the project took off, I was like, damn, <laughs> Fanzo, you're just wrong. Like you got this project wrong. And I, and I'm openly admit I've got plenty of projects wrong where, uh, I thought they weren't going to be much and they of course took off. And then there's other ones where, um, I did think they were going to be much and no one else minted it. Uh, and then it took a little while for it to, to take off. Um, but you know, as a whole, one of the things that I'll, I'll just kind of put out there is that, you know, when I look at, uh, you know, Azuki's, I look at, you know, some of these projects, you know, there, there does have to be some, you know, substance behind it, business plan, um, you know, and, you know, not even, you know, like, I do believe that if you have a roadmap, um, part of the, the skill set is being able to adapt that roadmap to the changing conditions of the NFT marketplace, but doing it in a way that, adds value and doesn't take it away uh, in value. And so it's no surprise to me that the the bottom kind of fell out. Um, you know, it was also the world's worst day to drop that news. And there's been some rumors around um, the person either being blackmailed or forced to put out that information. Um, who knows what the, the truth is of that. But with that being said, you know, there is, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of this research on, you know, NFTs each and every day. And, I will tell you, like yesterday was one of those days that I spent a ridiculous amount of hours not only researching an NFT that we are going to buy today, but uh, researching an NFT that we are planning on buying on Friday and Saturday. So I was deep into um, you know, the calendars, figuring out what projects were coming up. Um, and this is something that you know we're we're working on our in our Discord um, to kind of make this a little bit more of a collaborative effort. It's been very solo. Um, you know, I don't really have anyone helping me uh, over the last. You know, it's almost been six months, which is wild. Uh, and remember, like for me, part of this buying an NFT every day for a year was I wanted to create like a time capsule. I wanted to create. Um, I also wanted to be able to to give people you know, an entry point into um, NFT collecting that you didn't have to put your money up. Uh, and I also wanted people to kind of come along on the journey. And uh, I, we have some plans. The team and I met um, yesterday. Uh, we've actually been uh, kind of working on this for a little while now of making that a little clearer, more involved for all of you um, that want to play along at home. Uh, and what I mean by that is we, I want you to help me uh, source uh, some NFT projects coming up, right? I want um, we're gonna we're gonna share a little bit more openly um, uh, the data around these first six months of buying an NFT every day. You know how many blockchains? What's the gas price? What's the average mint price? Um, you know what's the you know we're gonna do everything from like PFP to one of ones to to women led projects to minority led projects. I, I want to kind of share that data out there and. You know, along with that, I, I also want to give you, the audience, you know, uh, opportunities to suggest projects. I would love to get, you know, and this isn't like, you know, for, you know, just for the, remember the context here, um, the NFTs have to be in the mint phase, which means um, they have to be still minting out. They, the, the idea is that, you know, I'll buy them on secondary market um, if they're pre-reveal. 
So if the art isn't revealed yet and maybe it minted out or sold out, um, I'm open to buying it on the secondary market. Uh, of course, that usually costs more and that goes against our, our overall budget of the of the project. But I will also say like, you know, part of this has been, you know, it's been an amazing learning for me. Uh, I, I will argue um, and I would love someone to kind of prove me wrong. I don't think anyone else has spent more time over the last six months uh, studying and researching NFTs every single day um, and uh, on multiple different blockchains, on multiple different areas, right? And, and one of them happens to be Solana, which is one I wanted to tap into a little bit today uh, because Solana, you know, interestingly enough, as Ethereum dipped in prices, uh, I noticed Solana um, started to be in my feed a little bit more. And I'll give a shout out to Brooke, Brooke J. Lacey, uh, who was one of our guests, uh, you know, uh, a couple months ago um, here on the podcast, uh, she made the comment. She's like, well, I've been big into Solana before Solana was cool. And I, I made the comment was like, who said Solana is cool? And that that wasn't me jabbing at Solana. But I was actually kind of thinking it from a, a funny perspective of, you know, like, I feel like Solana has been there the whole time. It's just been uh, different types of projects. There's um, some different things that kind of happen over there. Um, for those that aren't familiar as much with Solana as a marketplace, uh, there's really three marketplaces. There's uh, Solsi, uh, Solana Art, uh, and then Magic Eden. And what's really different about uh, Solana-based uh, NFTs, for the most part, they're not. You're not minting on a website. You are actually for the most part, um, minting or buying, you know, the release, um, on the different marketplaces. So magic Eden, which, you know, happens to be my favorite one of their platforms. Um, they have something called a launch pad. So like when you go to their website, you click on the launch pad and the launch pad is actually the NFTs that are, that are currently in that mint launch phase. So you can click on the launch pad. You can see which ones that are minting. Like right now, when I click on it, um, there's a couple that are what they consider are in um, that launch pad phase. One of them happens to be uh, Solox, Sol Alexi, because I think it's Galaxy, but Sol. So Sol Alexi <laughs> Metaverse. Uh, and it's pretty neat. You know, on the marketplace, it'll tell you like, okay, they are doxxed. Um, they're escrow. They have their funds escrowed for seven days. There's 3000 items. The price is 1.5 Ethereum, which if anybody's playing at home right now, which hopefully no one's playing at home because all of crypto just keeps going down, down, baby, down, down, which is just not bad. I mean, that's bad. I mean, me singing is bad and, uh, the marketplace going down, but Solana right now is at 50. Oh my goodness. It went down 21%. Oh, it's at $56. Um, it was at, it was at a hundred dollars. Um, whew, man, it was at a hundred dollars three days ago. Wow. From a hundred dollars down to 56, uh, 85. But on the, you know, back to the website, what I really like about magic Eden's launch pad is like, they actually have a countdown clock for the whitelist. They tell you how many people are on the whitelist, what the max purchases are for, um, making a purchase. Uh, and then they tell you when the public sale is. So when you connect your wallet, which, uh, my preferred wallet is, uh, is the phantom wallet, uh, over there on, uh, on Solana. And, uh, you know, you connect your wallet and then it tells you if your wallet, so it'll say your wallet can mint 
And if you're on the whitelist, it'll tell you the countdown clock to where the whitelist minting starts. Or like in this one, I'm not on any whitelist. So it says your wallet can mint in four hours and 21 minutes and 14 seconds. And then you can scroll down and you can actually see an overview of the project, the roadmap, the team. So it has the team kind of outlined. Um, and then it has links to like their white paper. And I'm going to click on these white ones just on this project just to, you know, out of curiosity. Um, uh, this actually, this website, this uh, Solixy um, Metaverse, very interesting. Um, I like they have a little demo on their website. Um, I can click on the contract. I can click directly to Twitter. I can click directly to Discord. And I will tell you, like this, like layout um, is better than most DApps that you're seeing on websites. Um, and uh, for those that aren't familiar, you know, when you go to your website um, to buy an Ethereum NFT, most of the time you're minting um, on the website, right? And then after you mint it on the website, it'll pop up and say, you know, congratulations, go over to your favorite marketplace to view the art or to wait for the reveal. And that's when you usually jump over to an OpenSea or looks rare, or if anyone's using Coinbase NFT, you could jump over there to Coinbase NFT. But um, what is neat, like what I like about this Solana um, marketplace uh, launch pad, and, and I'll just say like, you know, they're the ones that kind of um, launched the launch pad idea. But over the last uh, week or two, uh, I've noticed that Solana Art also now has their own little launch pad um, built into their marketplace. Uh, and I also noticed um, Crypto.com's uh, NFT uh, marketplace. They also do, uh, I can't remember if it's called here. Well, I'm going to pull it up live while we're doing here. Um, <laughs> why not? Uh, I can't believe they, I don't remember if they called it, uh, I think they call it drops. Uh, if I remember correctly, they don't call it a launch pad. Yes, they call it drops. But what I like about it is there's a little bit of a, I'm not sure if this is a word and I like to make up words sometimes. Uniformity, 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 uniformity. <laughs> there, there's some structure and some consistency because if I go and look at Launchpad on, on, um, on Magic Eden and I'm click on let's I'm gonna click on the other one which is actually the one we minted yesterday which is kind of funny, uh, which is called Soul Phoenix and uh, I can click on that one. And it has very much the same thing. It tells me, hey, the team is privately doxxed. Our funds are held in escrow. There's 5,555 of them. The price is two Solana, which crazy enough, two Solana is 100 bucks today. And you might notice just even by me explaining this, um, Solana has, uh, yes, they have no gas prices or very little gas prices. Um, they also, for the most part, their average uh, mint price is usually one Solana to two Solana. Two Solana is actually, I think, a more uh, heavy of a uh, mint price, which, you know, is kind of wild because that's going to be in the, um, well, right now it's going to be in the $100 range. But even a couple of weeks ago, that was like in the $200 range, you know, $200 to $300 range on our average mint price USD uh, for Solana, where our average mint price um, with Ethereum was about 0.1 or 0.12 uh, which we're looking at like the $800 um, range. So almost, uh, well, more than double on the mint price. Now I will say, you know, part of the downside of that, of having no transaction fees is that uh, I almost feel like it's it's even, even easier for rug pools to exist. It's even easier for people to build bots on the on the platform. It's also the, 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 the risk for a bot, like if we think about this, 
excuse me. Um, I didn't mean to cough into the uh, microphone, but if we think about this from a standpoint of, um, you know, if you, if I was writing a bot, right. And I worked in cybersecurity, you know, for the DOD for about a decade. When we think, when you think about, you know, writing a, a, a bot or a program, or if you're a scammer, you know, and not all bots are bad. There's plenty of reasons to use bots in, in many uh, ways. And I think, you know, bots aren't bad. It's the people that program them to do bad things. It's just like automation as a whole. Uh, I don't think marketing automation is bad. I don't think social media automation is bad. It's the people that program it badly. that don't make it feel like human or they try to replace human interactions. And remember, I like to preach that no technology, no innovation since the beginning of time will replace or solve people problems. We must solve people problems with people and then use technology to scale, to amplify, to, you know, kind of do some of the things that we as humans, uh, you know, uh, don't have the luxury of. Like, we must sleep. Uh, technology and computers don't have to. So there's a lot of things that we can do there um, that humans aren't natively um, set out to do or set up to do. Um, and I digress a little bit on that uh, little sidebar. But with all that being said, if I was looking at it from a cybersecurity um, perspective and I was like, man, you know what? If I wrote a bot and I wanted to like buy a thousand, if I wanted to control 50% of an NFT collection so that I could manipulate the floor, would you jump in on a blockchain that had transaction fees and the average price was at a $900 tick? Or would you jump in with one that had no transaction fees and the average price was about $300? And sometimes with lower entry points, people assume because it costs less that it's a great place for um, for getting started with NFTs. And this is, I mean, this is actually, I mean, this is probably should be a whole episode because I this is like a pet peeve of mine because for the most part, I don't actually suggest my community, my friends, my inner circle, those that I'm onboarding into this space, I don't actually suggest them to go into Solana. Um, and part of that reasoning is, I will just tell you, you do have to compete with a lot of bots. You do have to also recognize because they're, you know, it doesn't cost anything for, for the most part, it, it costs very little for people to mint an, an NFT project. Cause remember if you're doing a, a generative art project on Ethereum, you as the project founder are going to have to put up multiple ETH to set up the DAP to mint them onto the Ethereum blockchain. So you're, you're talking, you know, in many cases, ten, fifteen thousand dollars uh, USD, sometimes cheaper, but let's like, let's just kind of put out there as a number for someone to create a project on Solana. It's a lot less. Um, and I'm talking, uh, when I ran, I, you know, there is a project that I was, um, you know, advising and, and like, I think they were at like, they were under $1,200 in like, um, the kind of the back end, the getting it on the right, you know, marketplaces. And so like the, the barrier for entry is yes, lower, but the cost to entry is lower, which means, it can be great because then it doesn't cost us as much to to buy an NFT there, but it also doesn't cost as much or risk as much for someone to put up a really crappy project and disappear. The other thing about Solana that is um, a little bit more um, concerning or a little bit more confusing is 
Along with the different marketplaces, certain NFTs, although they're all on Solana, certain NFTs that you buy will not show up on some of the other marketplaces. So unlike, you know, Ethereum, where, you know, on Ethereum, the nice thing is no matter where I'm going to a marketplace, I could go to Rarible, I could go to I could go to Looks Rare, I could go to OpenSea, I go to Coinbase NFT platform, I could go to I mean there's a there's many others, I could go to uh, XY, I could go to, you know, plenty of these marketplaces. It's going to pull just about 99.9% of all of my NFTs that are on Ethereum. There's some exceptions where um, a platform might um, block a project because of um, copyright violations or some of those type of things. Or uh, as most people know, like uh, crypto punks uh, aren't available uh, on OpenSea, uh, securities and, and, and a couple other things that are going to go involved there. But with that being said, part of the the thing that is, you know, like I'm, I, I just was going to test this out for, you know, for us here uh, on, you know, the, while we're live and I am, you know, recording this, of course, live. And so I just connected my phantom wallet, which I will tell you, let's see how many, um, let's see how many, and I've been just for context as well. My actually first, uh, Solana NFT that I ever bought was, uh, actually June, almost a year ago. Actually, it's just about a year ago. The first week it was before my birthday. That's the reason I know it. Um, my birthday is on 69, June 9th. Um, and it was right before my birthday. I bought my first Solana NFT. And so if I look right now, um, on, on magic Eden, where it's, it's showing my phantom wallet, I'm just going to say, so there's six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 40, 50, 60, 70, Okay, I have forty. I have forty six Solana NFTs in this wallet, and I do have two um, Phantom wallets um, that I that I use. One I have a couple of the the project NFTs in, um, but you know forty seven or so NFTs in this wallet. And if I collect connect that same wallet to Solana Art, which is one of the other marketplaces, they're only able to show me one, two, three, four of my NFTs. Now this can, to me, like this kind of disconnect and I, I don't know, let's, let me connect my wallet to, um, you know, let's see here, look, NFTs in my wallet on the other project. So like now I'm on soul C and there's one, two, three, four, five, six. So six on that platform. <laughs> um, and this is part of, like, this is part of the thing that, you know, consistency of experience. It's so interesting. I believe Solana has done a better job making a consistent minting experience on the platforms on the marketplaces but the lack of consistency across the blockchain makes it very frustrating right because like the fact that i'm on solsi which is a you know a marketplace um for solana and i can't look at my meta whips uh nfts yet if i go onto magic eden which is a marketplace on solana I can look at the 20 or the 18 NFTs that I have that are um, part of the, um, the MetaWhip brand, right? The, 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 for those that, you know, remember that episode, you know, and they've done a really amazing, amazing project. Um, and they're donating a lot of the funds to um, us and the Mint 365 project called um, the Candy Machine, which I'm going to do a whole episode um, with them on, uh, on that, we're going to do a little fun little, uh, piece on that. It'll, it'll be later this week, but I'm saying all of that because this, these, these are disconnects within the Solana, uh, marketplace. And I know people that there's some Solana maxis and people that are huge, 
um, you know, Solana fans, like massive Solana fans, which is perfectly, hey, hey, to each their own. Like I, I, I know some people like uh, are loyal to a blockchain. I am not one that becomes loyal to a blockchain. To me, that's like being loyal to a social media platform. Uh, if they're if those blockchains or those things aren't paying me directly, um, even like hey, I hold Solana, I hold Ethereum in my crypto wallet. Like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at which ones are best for me as a um, as a collector, me as a creator, me as a you know as a fan of what Web three can enable. And so I know there's gonna be people that are like, well, Brian, that's this is the reason that you know Solana Art is looking at these type of projects and these different marketplaces. But here's the truth. How easy is it to onboard someone into Solana? And most people assume, like, oh, well, it costs less to be there, so it must be easier to onboard. I don't think that's the the case. I actually think um that that makes it a little bit more uh, of a difficulty element because these different marketplaces are are a little bit more disjointed. And then I will also say because I feel like there are more bots that are um, in play on Solana. And I'll just tell you, I have a couple friends that are huge in the Solana NFTs. They have thousands of uh, Solana NFTs. And one of them sent me a message the other day. I'm going to have, I'm going to have one of them on the podcast. Um, but uh, he sent a message to our group chat and just said, Fanzo, if you're not using a bot on the big Solana projects, you're not playing the game correctly. And there are actually NFTs that you can buy that are Solana bots that help you like you put in, hey, I want to buy 12 Solana worth of this uh, NFT on on mint day um, and it'll just mint them directly to your wallet for you. And to me that, okay, that that's just a whole nother you know, game that we have to play, right? And then the other piece of this is I will just say the secondary market on Solana can be a little bit... Um, volatile is not even the right word. It can be a little bit confusing because unlike uh, Ethereum, I feel like there's a lot of you're, you're betting on like momentum and you're betting on um, you're betting on, you know, the speculation a lot comes down to things on Solana. I often feel like there there's, there's, (laughs) there's in many cases, like I feel like there's a, like there'll be momentum around people buying a bunch of random Solana NFTs, but not because like they have the same property trait and like, and it's kind of hard. I guess this is maybe the better way to explain it. It's actually hard for me as a, you know, I feel like I'm pretty damn experienced in this space. I've been minting, you know, I minted my first Solana NFT a year ago. Right. So it's not like uh, I'm brand new to this game, but with that being said, like there is oftentimes I will look at a collection, like I was going to pull one up right now and I will look at the activity, um, inside of, uh, like magic Eden. And I'll look at like, okay, the, the NFTs that are selling and I'll try to look at like trends, like, okay, this okay bear sold for 210 Solana. Okay. What about this okay bear made it more valuable than the one that sold just before it at 105, uh, Solana. Now, for whatever it's worth, I feel like that information, that ability for us to, to kind of um, track that or kind of see those macro trends is a little bit easier. Now, I will give credit to Magic Eden. The ability to look at micro data and micro trends is way better on Magic Eden. Like Magic Eden, like the details they give you, they, they'll tell you the rank. They'll tell you, um, you know, what the... 
if it costs anything to list or bid on it, it'll tell you the transaction fee. It'll tell you the artist's royalty fees. All of this on the dashboard. It tells you the attributes. It tells you about the project. Um, it, you know the activity, the way that they do the activity log. I actually think is really slick. Um, they have done you know more for their collection just as as they normally would. They also do. Um, if you look at like Magic Eden, and, and I guess maybe this is the the more takeaway that I would um, have for people is that you know it's not about putting all your eggs in one baskets, but like for me, and this is kind of the truth. I'm going to struggle to mint a Solana NFT on any platform other than Magic Eden right now at this moment. And maybe, you know, hey, if you're a Solana fan and you're listening to this, like send me a tweet you know, at iSocialFans. Um, if you're not on Twitter, you know, you hit me up on Instagram, I'm iSocialFans. Uh, if you're not on Instagram and you're not on Twitter, I'm literally iSocialFans, letter I, social, F-A-N-Z, on every single platform, from LinkedIn to Pinterest to Discord. You can just look me up, iSocialFans, hit me up, and uh, let me know your take on, you know, like, minting outside. And I know, that, you know, let's not get into an argument about, like, um, semantics, right? Like, it's kind of like saying, like, oh, well, Brian, you didn't bring up, like, autograph, or you didn't bring up... Um, you know, super rare, or you didn't bring up uh, some of the other, you know, rareable for one of one collections. There's a lot of great marketplaces on Ethereum that have different setups, right? Like there's, you know, ones for certain different things, but on Solana, uh, and especially because, you know, the blockchain itself is, is kind of set up for gaming and metaverse, the way that the blockchain, you know, the speed of the blockchain actually sets up very nicely for um, gaming um, type apps. For me, like, I and, and this is just, I'm gonna put this out there as like my own, like, I love Magic Eden. I, I, I don't have any ties to them. If anyone from Magic Eden is listening or anyone has any friends over there at Magic Eden, I would love to have someone from the team come on the podcast, talk a little bit about their plans. Um, and, you know, and, and just remember this as well, OpenSea, right now in beta allows you to buy uh, and sell certain um, Solana based projects. So I can actually connect my, um, my phantom wallet uh, to OpenSea, which I'm going to do right now as we're, you know, kind of recording here. And I can actually connect um, that wallet directly to here. I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm going to connect it directly to um, there. And so now I'm going to look at my Solana based uh, NFTs, which is kind of a, a nice little, um, you know, kind of perk that we get to, you know, I get to have when it comes to, you know, kind of setting up some of these things. And now I will tell you, like, you know, part of the the narrative here is like, you know, when I when I open uh, OpenSea, it actually says across it, collections will be added regularly during the beta period. But here's the here's like this is like this is part of that confusion, right? I know in my wallet, my Phantom wallet that is now connected on one, two, three, four, five. I have it currently connected to five Solana-based marketplaces. All of them are showing me a different count. So in in OpenSea, it shows that I have 16 NFTs. <laughs> in Magic Eden, it shows I have 49 or 46, 49, 46. On Solana Art, it shows that I have five. On Solsi, it shows that I have six. Now, I understand there can be reasons for this. But if we're looking about it from like mass adoption or use and not even mass adoption, like, you know, I, I, we bought, you know, just this week, we've bought three NFTs on Solana. I'm going to get into that real quick because that's where I want to go this um, at the end of this episode um, is that, you know, like 
part of this like narrative has to be about like how do we simplify some of these things how do we how do we also kind of add a little bit like of a, a layer to um better understand some of the nuances and you know and we're all still kind of working this out so i think solana the more attention solana has on it uh the more we're going to see um some kind of you know of that growth over here on that on that platform as well now i will tell you um i mentioned this like we've we've minted you know in the last two weeks, I think we've minted probably four, maybe five um, Solana NFTs. Now, uh, part of that reasoning is that I've actually, when I've been looking for NFTs to um, to research, a lot of the Ethereum-based ones, to me, feel very um, vanilla. Very, I mean, I'll just put it out there, very vanilla. And so I've been looking at some of these projects and I've been kind of, so we, we did um, we did Pixel Panthers uh, back on uh, May first. Uh, we did uh, <laughs> a couple different ones. We did Cardborg um, on the eighth. We did Cartoon Kids uh, on the ninth, and we did Soul uh, Phoenix on the tenth. So the last three days, um, we've minted uh, you know two out of three uh, Solana projects. And part of it is what I've also been realizing is that there is also a little bit of a culture within. Um, their how you know their discords and their Twitter. Like I originally, like I I don't think you should compare an Ethereum community with a Solana community in as far as in the Discord usage, because the use cases of a lot of these NFTs are are, are different as well. Like I will tell you, for the most part, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of NFTs on Solana. You know, they're either like, and, and this is my own personal opinion based on my own research, which is more, they're either like a one-of-one project or they're a PFP project with a gaming component or gaming component with a PFP project. And um, I think because of that, you also often open up a different, um, you know, type of uh, of community, different type of user, right? And I, and I'm, I actually think that's a great thing. But I will tell you, like, as I was doing research, right, and I and I'm we're doing research on one that we we're probably going to mint another one in the next couple of days on Solana as well. Um, this this Soul Phoenix uh, one that we minted yesterday, it, the the description is it's an open world P to E, which means play to earn game with various artistic features and utilities, which include 3D art, comics, 3D series, staking, coining, breeding, and of course. We finished the buzzwords with metaverse. Now, uh, the other part of Solana is that I've also noticed that a lot of times, um, the getting like a fully doxed team, like where everyone on the team is doxed, um, is is a little bit more rare over here as well. And I think that's uh, another piece of this. But I will say, like when I started researching this project, like I was impressed by their details and their tokenomics, their details in um, their play to earn game. Now for a lot of these games, we also, you know, a lot of them have trailers. A lot of them also um, have even, you know, I've noticed this trend where because so many people are, are claiming to have a game, but then actually don't have the game anywhere close to being um, playable. A lot of them have a, like a demo version or a, a very vanilla version of, um, of the game and vanilla for those, you know, vanilla is more just like plain, um, not spicy, not, uh, you know, over the top. But with all that being said, like when I looked at Pixel Panthers, which is one that we minted um, not too long ago um, back on 
uh, May 1st, you know, on that day, I will tell you, there was, there was um, two other projects um, on Ethereum that I was very interested in. But what I liked about um, the Pixel Panthers project was, you know, their, their, their description was co-own a bank in the metaverse, which to me at first was like, oh, great. This is like the co-owning a casino in the metaverse, which we've known. Um, we've minted, I think, four casino NFTs in our in our project over the last six months, um, and uh, that's a whole nother regulations world, right? But this this says, okay, we're going to co-own a bank, and then it says vote on the direction at pixels.so. And I remember being like, okay, and it said you can borrow against your NFTs, um, and they'll definitely and it, and by borrowing against your NFTs, it'll actually help the growth uh, of the platform. So I remember jumping over to the website, and I will tell you, I was very impressed with the the white paper. Um, I was impressed with the layout, like this, you know the. You know, if anyone goes to pixels.so.so, so that's Sierra Oscar, um, you could actually go and check out and it says like how the platform works, lending USDC. Um, they go through a lot of the things, you know, they have benefits, they have the, uh, an about page and I dove into their white paper and then I, you know, I checked out little things, right? Like from, um, you know, resources on how are, how are people, um, buying into the, this, uh, you know, banking, borrowing against your NFTs that, that the platform is kind of putting out there. And I was like, man, this is an impressive, like, you know, and so when I went through my trust matrix, right, where I'm, I'm checking the boxes, this project checked out way more than the couple Ethereum projects that I was looking at. But I will also tell you, I was disappointed on the mint time day as the mint was flooded with um with bots i mean holy cow and you know they did the the whitelist on uh i believe the whitelist was on the 30th and um of, of april and then may 1st of course was like kind of like the public mint and you know and the other part of this that kind of that had me a little bit um what can i even say how can i say this correctly had me a little bit jaded, uh, I guess is the right way to, to say this, is like, I also felt like they, their Twitter, although was engaged and had um, some people playing into it, the other thing that I've noticed with a lot of these Solana projects are there, there's a lot less crossover in like the type of, of collector. And I feel like with Ethereum, maybe that's maybe I'm a little bit biased here, and I have to I want to own the bias that might that might exist in this uh, episode. Um, and I you know I am spending a lot of time in Solana, and I'll, I will also tell you like over the last three months, almost every day, and eh, not every day, five out of seven days, I will find a Solana project that will will make it to my final four. Now a lot of them don't make it to the one that we finally pick. That is the one that we you know, mint out. But I think that's a good sign because if I had to tell you that four months ago, uh, you know, when we are two months into this project, I would tell you there was maybe a Solana project that made it into my final four once a week. And now they're at like five times a week. So I think the quality of projects, I think the, the fact that Magic Eden, I believe, has kind of leveled up the, the game as far as the marketplace goes. And I will also just you know put this out there is that I, I, I'm going to make a commitment um, that Solana will be the the place that I'm probably going to be spending the most of the time learning and playing over the next uh, 30 days or so to even better understand some of these nuances so I can present that um, to you, you know, as a community, as an audience. 
And then lastly, I'll say like, you know, one of the things I think when we're looking at like projects that we're minting, we also have to just recognize there is also a little bit, there's always going to be some bias in, even for me, right? I know that like my goal with this Mint 365 project is to buy NFTs and hold them until November 11th of this year where we can sell them. And and really, you know, I, I'm definitely coming at this from a much more diamond handing um, position. Now, the funny thing about that is that'll probably change come September, October, because now I'll be looking at like what projects are going to be at the height come November 11th when we sell this entire collection as as one mosaic. But at the moment, I'm still working on like, how can I predict that six months from now, this project is going to be worthwhile or this project is going to be, um, you know, uh, one that I is going to hold its value. And like that part of Solana is probably been the hardest for me because when I look at some of the projects that are the most successful on um, Solana, they are, when I try to like understand like some of the nuances, some of them are just legacy. Um, but then I will say like, there's others that are, when I dive into it, I'm like, wow, from the surface, it's really hard to figure out like what made that NFT collection pop. And like right now, okay. Bears, became kind of the sexy one but you know soulful and d gods um and uh, a couple of the other ones that i you know that i think have been you know near the top uh of the of the you know kind of platform of i guess as far as popularity you know i've been tracking them for a good while and you know i think part of that struggle is like um you know kind of predictability of long term on solana for me has been a little bit harder i will say from a secondary perspective if i was going to flip uh, nfts i feel like i could i can i could make some solana and make some headway because i i feel like there's a lot of things that i can see as far as quick flip trends but that long term solana um success i'm not sure if i've figured out um, how that kind of game all plays. And and I will tell you, I believe it was our fourth NFT. I was trying to pull it up right now. Um, I think it might've been our fourth uh, NFT that we ever bought here. Let's see what it was. Um, I'm going to pull it up for us to hear live as we kind of wrap this episode. Um, but this, so this was, um, hold on. Let's, let me see the, uh, so the uh, Onig, Oniguri, uh, NFT, which is the NFT that we um, purchased for um, that way back um, in November. Uh, so this is yeah, this was actually it looks like day five, day four of uh, so back on like November sixteenth uh, of our project. You know, like the the idea of like okay, well that one was we minted it before a lot of the marketplaces existed. So now like what does that mean? And and as we all know, kind of in Ethereum. There is something powerful about like the nostalgia play, like the original OG collections. I know, uh, you know, shout out to Drew, producer here of the podcast. Um, he's a huge Crypto Skulls fan um, because he looks at that as like one of the projects that was around from the start. And um, he's very bullish on that being, um, you know, a reason that that collection will continue to uh, gain in value. And that's actually one of the questions that I'm going to have to put out there is I'm going to have to figure out like, I don't know how well the original Solana NFTs hold in value at the moment, but that might be a place that you can pick up some, uh, you know, of the original like soul punks and soul, you know, some of the original soul collections and um, in a way get in there very cheap and try to hold on to them um, to the very end. But 
that's kind of my, uh, you know, little bit of a, uh, you know, dive into, um, our collection. I will tell you for, you know, I've been teasing out this project that we're going to launch. Uh, I will tell you that we are minting the original, the, the first of the collection will be minted on Ethereum. So you're going to want to make sure you have, um, Ethereum, um, in your wallets, let's just say towards the end of the month, beginning of June. Um, but there will also be a Solana component, um, NFT, uh, that is going to be a part of this bigger picture that we are, um, creating this entire project, uh, that I'm super excited to, uh, bring to you and, and really excited to, Hopefully it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna teach us a lot of things. Everything from from burning to game theory to um, some of the mechanics to tokenomics. There's gonna be a, a variety of things to play along with. Um, and if all of those things overwhelm you, it's gonna be a great place for you to have your first experience with all of those. But um, I, I'm I'm excited to see where this all goes. I can't believe that I woke up this morning. Uh, like I believe Solana was, I think 76 last night. And I woke up this morning, and it's at fifty eight dollars um, per soul. Um, but all you know, all crypto is pretty much in the toilet at the moment. So uh, I'm not going to use that as a um, a leading factor on should I be there or shouldn't I be there or should you invest there or should you not. But uh, as always, this is not financial advice. Do your own damn uh, research. I am not a perfectionist. I am a futurist. But there is definitely a difference between being a perfectionist and being a futurist. For me, I like to look at trends. I like to translate the geek speak. I like to listen and learn from experts. I am by no means, by zero means, a a master or expert in uh, any of these places. But I am spending a lot of my time, a lot of my resources, a lot of my money um, on this whole, you know, project and the podcast, hopefully teaching you, inspiring you, motivating you, uh, maybe to be a better collector, maybe be a better investor, maybe to, to collect that leads into you launching your own project, whatever that may be. I appreciate you for coming on the journey. Uh, for those that want to support, you know, of course we will have the NFT collection. They'll be coming out very soon, but we also are super powered by the ADHD coin over on rally. The ADHD coin is something I founded over a year ago. It is a coin that is a creator coin it is not just like crypto. It actually has utility and other aspects that allow you to uh, get weekly rewards uh, for just holding uh, your uh, ADHD coin. Remember, you're not sending me. This, this is not a transaction. When I tell you to jump over to ADHDcoin.com, you're not sending me the ADHD coin. You're simply buying it and holding it in your portfolio. And by you holding it and us having more coins in circulation, the price value goes up for all of us, which expands that circle. But I appreciate everybody that holds uh, ADHD coin. We are almost at 1,700 supporters, which is crazy to think that we weren't even at 500 supporters on Halloween. Uh, I I believe we gained almost 200 supporters in the last two weeks. So thank you for all those that are listening to the podcast that jump over uh, to ADHDcoin.com and get yourself some uh, ADHD coin as well. Hey, we're we're getting closer to the six-month mark. Uh, We're riding the roller coaster together. Remember, we're rolling with the punches you know mama said knock you out shout out to ll cool j as a pager wearing millennial and uh make it a great day my friends until tomorrow cheers this show is not financial advice so do your own